Wow, this is uh, this is a lot of first for me. You know, it's about the first time in a couple of years that I've actually uh, preached here. Uh, I'm Elder John Nachmas, been with the church almost since the beginning. We started a Bible study many, many years ago, and it's uh, been an awesome uh, ride with the things of the Lord, I think, since we've uh, started this. Another first is I've never preached using a fancy gadget. It was always off a note, so I hope I don't stumble too much. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really great to be here. And um, I have a new appreciation uh, for Pastor Mike when he's got to put sermons together every week and hear from the Lord and deliver that message and You know, there's an awesome responsibility in this. I found myself going through my message, and uh, actually Nita was telling me, she says, are you still working on that message? I'm glad you don't preach every every week because you've been working on that message for a long time, and it's kind of funny as you go through, you know, you build up all these scriptures. And I said, well, you know, I've said to myself, I can't just sit up here and read scripture uh, that won't get to the message, but you know the, the word of God is so important for us to understand. You know our our path of living, what He's meant to us, etc. And what the Lord laid on my heart for the message this week is in His image. I think we as a body of believers need to understand how unbelievable it is that the creator of all things chose you and you and you and all of us to be to create us in his image now can you really comprehend that and it's funny how the spirit works i mean even the scriptures that bob shared this morning talking about the spirit of god and how the spirit of god resides within us and the worship songs talking about come come holy spirit empower us fill us there's a message here and i uh i'm just so excited to share and i think it's really important to, for us to know what does it mean to be what is god's image what is the image of man and how do we fit together and how does that fit into our worldview on the how we live our life? So, I've only got one slide so far, and we've got 26 more to go, so we better get going, and we're going to be here a long time. So, let's go to the next one. Now, some of you might have to think about this for a few minutes, but I think it's a real picture. And for those that maybe can't see, it's... Uh, it's a picture, I don't know how many of you uh, have ever uh, seen the comic strip from Gary Larson, The Far Side. Well, anyway, it's a picture of a, a, a young man with a book in his hand sitting outside the Midvale School for the Gifted, pushing on the door that has a sign on it that says, Pull. The School for the Gifted. And I think this is... A picture, really, I thought it was kind of funny. I, the, the picture, though, is it's funny, but it's really sad in a way because I think there's many times that we as human beings try to approach God through our intellect. 
And it just shows that, you, you know, even the brightest people in the world uh, aren't always the smartest. I think that's what this cartoon shows to me because what we need to really think about is how we approach God. You know, through history, man has tried to approach God in many ways, many different pathways, right? Uh, but a lot of it is through intellect and man's opinion. Uh, I think that's where we get a whole diversity of uh, and denominations, different religious groups, different religious cults, uh, you know, out there is because they're not really following the Word of God. They're following man's opinion and trying to get man locked into to a religious system rather than a relationship with the Lord himself. And, and so it's really important to understand that our Christian walk is not empowered by our intellect. Now, it's not that intellect isn't important. I mean, we've got to study God's Word. We've got to get those things into us. But that's not where the power pack lies. The power pack lies is in who God is and who we truly are and the Holy Spirit that gives us the revelation about who God is in the relationship that we have with Him. If you pursue intellect, if you can pursue man's opinion, you're pursuing religion, and religion's going to lead you down the wrong path. You'll never find God. And that, to me, is what this cartoon represented to me in this message, that, you know, here, here the most powerful, uh, the smartest man, probably in Midvale School for the Gifted, is trying to push a door open that says pull. And that's a real picture of, of religion, I think, in the world today. We're, we're pushing on a door that says pull. So, in his image, what does that really mean when God said in Genesis one twenty six, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in the likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over livestock and all the wild animals and all the creatures that move along the ground. Now I've got to get my glasses out because my notes are in really fine print. Um, so the obvious question is, what is the image of God? What does it mean to be created in His image? Have you ever thought about that? What's the image of God? What is God's image? Well, in Colossians 1, 15 and 16, it says the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So we do know that Jesus was created in the image of the invisible God. So if Jesus' image was invisible, what's God's image? It's invisible. Who's ever seen God? No, we, we've never seen God. We've felt Him, right? We feel Him when we worship Him in song. We feel Him when we worship Him in prayer. We feel, feel Him when we worship Him in the Word. 
but he's invisible. We can't see him. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And all things that were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. So he created the visible things, that's you and I, and he created the invisible things. But now, the word also said he created us in his image. Where does that leave us? Now, how could, are you confused yet? Hopefully, we'll get to the point of unconfusing you if you've been confused. But I think this is really important to understand. He is the image of the invisible God, the first of all creation. God was an invisible God. Jesus was created in him as his image. We were created in his image. Or is the word wrong? Not wrong, is it? Bob, don't... We're, oh, thank you, thank you. We're teasing each other before. I said when he said, well, I'm going to may have to stop and call you a heretic if you get off base. So thank goodness he hasn't called me a heretic yet. Now, this is really important, though. I think the, the importance is, is to understand there are two worlds that we live in. There's the, the physical, the world that we see, and there's the spiritual that's unseen. And we as Christians have experienced this. We know that from John 4:24 that God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Well, God's a spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, how do we worship him in spirit and truth? I'm, I'm looking out here, and I see a bunch of physical bodies. Are we confused yet? If we are, hope, hopefully we're getting to the point where I'm making you wonder, and, and you'll see what, where this message is leading to. So the obvious question becomes, is who is man? You know, who are we really? The Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, the breath of life, in many translations, say, says the spirit of life. So God created this body out of the dust. And when this body dies, what does the scripture say it will return to? Dust. When my father passed away a number of years ago, uh, and probably many of us who have loved ones, when that, when that loved one passes away, friend, family, etc., if it's kind of morbid. I don't mean it to sound this way, but if we went out to that graveyard and dug up the uh, body, would the body still be there? Yeah. So, what went to heaven? What went to heaven? On the day, uh, another point. I like to actually use this when I have my uh, friends, the Jehovah Witnesses, come along because they are so focused on the physical world. 
that this verse really confuses them. In Genesis 1, 2, 16 and 17, And the Lord commanded the man, of the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, uh, freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Have you ever thought about that verse? I mean, that's everybody's familiar with that verse, right? That's what it says, correct? Did Adam and Eve die that day? Yeah, did they die? Not physical death. We know that they went on and they had Seth and they had uh, their other children and they procreated, they replenished the earth. What died that day? You know, what died that day? Their, their spirit within them died. The spirit man died. And, and what is uh, spiritual death? Death is separation from God. In Isaiah 59, 2, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Adam and Eve that, die, that day, I submit to you, sinned. And that caused a spiritual death, a separation of God. And that's what, God, that's what sin does. And, and we as believers, we still sin, but we have an advocate for us in Jesus Christ who, who bled and died on that cross that our sins might be forgiven. But we don't continue to walk into the sin. Matter of fact, we'll talk about how the Holy Spirit was sent to us and filled us to keep us from the sin. The point I'm really trying to get to is, is that even we as believers, and we don't spend enough time thinking about this, is that we live in two worlds. We live in the physical world. We live in the spiritual world. Why do you think that God said to renew your mind to his word to build up your whole, most holy man? The way we build up our spiritual body is prayer, reading the Word, worship, etc. That's how we build up our spiritual man. We're able to battle the things of the world. Meanwhile, some of us do a pretty good job of feeding physicals. <laughs> and we struggle in that area. Because which man we're going to feed? We're going to feed the spiritual or going to feed the physical? Born of flesh and spirit, John 3, 5 and 7. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. See, this is, you know, just think about Nicodemus at this time. Nicodemus was a Pharisee that had this conversation with Jesus. And who was Nicodemus? He was a Pharisee. He was a, a, a man that what he did was study God's Word. He was very intellectual. He was very intellectual. But he was also very religious. And he didn't get the concept of being born again because Nicodemus lived in the physical world. 
And he focused on man with the physical body. He didn't focus on the spiritual. That concept obviously was foreign because what did Nicodemus respond to Jesus when Jesus said, do not marvel, you must be born again. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You must be, you must be born, born again. Or in other words, your spirit um, man must be born again. We must be born again. We must be born again. Our spirit must be born again. Because that's what died that day with Adam and Eve. So the question is, are we primarily a spiritual or a physical being? Who are we really? This is understanding. Remember when I started out, we must understand who God is, but we have to understand who we are in order to understand our relationship with God. If we don't have that basic understanding, you know, we might think that we can get away with all sorts of things. We can sin, nobody's going to know it, it's going to be hidden, etc., etc. But once you understand that God is spirit, we're spirit, and all things are seen, you know, we are, you know, one thing God is, He's, he's omnipresence. He lives in the spirit of all of us. In 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Flesh and blood doesn't, you know, so flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're sitting out here as flesh and blood. When we die, our body isn't going to inherit the kingdom of God. What's going to inherit the kingdom of God? Our spirits. You must be born again spiritually. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, for all of the religious leaders out there pushing, and I I dare say, I mean, some of these things I'm, I'm not saying are... I'll, well, let me put it this way. If your emphasis is, as I grew up in a church, thinking that I was uh, baptized, I was confirmed, and if my goods outweighed my bads, maybe I would be good enough to get into heaven. That ain't going to cut it. That's religion. That's man's intellect. That's man's opinion. There's only one way to heaven. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross, was buried, risen again, and we have to accept Him as our Lord and Savior. That is when we're born again, not when we're baptized, not when we're confirmed, and certainly not if we think we can earn our way into heaven, because we can't. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 3, 23. None of us can earn our way into heaven. There's only one way, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that born-again experience is not a physical one. Some days I wish it would be, so I could start all over again. But it's not. 
It's a spiritual experience. So, James says in 2.26, the body without the spirit is dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without uh, works is dead also. But the first part of that uh, verse says, the body without the spirit is dead. Are you starting to get the picture of who you are? Are you a physical being? Yes. But primarily, for eternity, who are you? Have you ever thought about it this way? You're a spiritual being. That's why we have to feed our spirit being the Word, prayer, worship, etc. Born again equals the spirit within. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 3.16. Wow. Now where does that spirit of God dwell within? I dare say he's just not floating around our body. I think he's enjoined to our spirits. Wouldn't you say that God dwells within us, within our spirits? within our spirit being. This, as you, this thing, as this story unfolds, this will give you so much peace. It will give you so much comfort. It will give you so much in the face of death, in the face of sickness, in the face of persecution, in the face, whatever you're facing, to know that no matter what happens to this tent, this body that we believe, uh, live in and dwell in, is not who we are. Kill the body, praise God. I'm set free. I'm going to go be with Jesus. Now, just to be sure, I'm not anxious about that. I, I have peace. I have comfort about that. I enjoy life on earth. I think God's got a mission for us to do here, to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ that the captives might be set free, to give them the truth. It's not that we should anxiously pursue death no that's not it but in whatever we're facing whatever trial tribulation challenge of life that we're facing isn't it good to know that they can kill the body but the spirit is free if we're in christ jesus and we've been born again a natural body a spiritual body 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 44, 47. It is so in a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, spiritual is not first, but natural. And then afterward, the, afterward, the spiritual the first man was made of earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And who is he talking about? Jesus. Adam and Jesus. And the, the, the spiritual isn't first. Remember, even in Genesis, God talked about forming man out of dust. And then he breathed into man the life-giving spirit. So... You can see from God's word who we really are. Now, 
One of the things that I have seen, have you ever noticed after you were born again, or and can you think back before you were born again, and how many people have you been in conversation with that say, well, you know, I don't read the Bible because it's confusing to me. You know, I, I just don't understand it. So I, therefore, I don't read it. I mean, have you talked to unbelievers and this has been their response? And by God's word itself, should we really be surprised? Because in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But the natural man does not receive things of the, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are, they, um, are spiritually discerned. So when all of a sudden we start talking about spiritual things, how about divine healing? How about tongues and interpretation of tongues? How about uh, the virgin birth? How about uh, Jesus healing the blind man by spitting on the ground, stirring up the dust and smearing the mud on the blind man's eyes? Do you think that's foolishness to the world i'd submit to you that if you really stopped and had a conversation about it and laid it out it probably would be and as you begin to understand about the fact that you are primarily a spiritual being being and that uh, god himself dwells within you now you can actually begin to understand the supernatural things of god you know, the supernatural gifts. I mean, we, I think it was last Sunday we had a, a, you know, the gift of tongues and we had an interpretation. And some of you might be going, ooh, that's foolishness. That's weird. How can that be? Well, think about it. If we're spirit beings and the God, Spirit of God dwells in all of us, do you think God could communicate with Johnny to give him a gift of tongue? And do you think God could communicate with Bob to give God the interpretation of that tongue? It's not weird. It's God. It's the Spirit of God. That's how the Holy Spirit operates. That's how the goodness of God is. I mean, folks, we've we've been chosen by the most holy God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, don't ask me why, but I'm thankful every day that he revealed himself to me, and I think every day that uh, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I think every day that his spirit dwells within me in my spirit. So that what we must do, obviously, is build your spirit man, renew your mind to God's word and pray. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. And, and you know, I, I was reading, I get a, a devotional from CBN uh, every morning, and there was this uh, one that really caught my attention. It was kind of as I was beginning to work on this message, there's a gentleman by the name of Dieter Zander. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this guy, but he was in the Axios Ministry for Baby Busters at Willow Creek 
Community Church in Barrington, Illinois. You know, the Willow Creek Community Church is a large church. It's one of those mega churches. And this guy had a super message. I guess he had a, he could preach unbelievable. He had a great music gift. Uh, it, he was just on fire. He actually ended up moving out to California in San Francisco and working with the youth there. And it was just, I guess he was, his, his career was just skyrocketing in, in the church. And then uh, February 4th, 2008, and I don't think he was a very old man, a pretty young man, he suffered a massive stroke, and he was crippled. He couldn't play the piano anymore. He couldn't sing. He couldn't speak, except very slowly and painfully to mumble a shuddering, stuttering string of unrelated words. Dieter's stage was gone. The applause he uh, thrived on was gone. The opportunity to use his talents and earn a living was gone. It seemed like everything was gone. But as he, you know, he went to, went on to be a uh, a greeter at Walmart, worked at Trader Joe's. I mean, this his platform was totally taken away. I mean, went from being a, a leader in a mega church of twenty thousand people and touching lives for God and doing all these things. And we wonder why these things happen. I don't really know why it happens. But the point of the matter is, I think with this Dieter Zander, is that as he was going through this and seeking God, uh, he says a a small voice uh, came to him and said, be still and know that I am God. And and from that point on, he's gone on and he's made a career as a photographer. He can't speak. He can't do those things, but he 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 uh, has a photography and he writes. And the point of, that I think is is that even though his platform was taken away, inside of him, he still has the peace of God that all understand surpasses all all understanding. And God has still has given him a new platform, different, but he still ministering to people and he's got this peace because even though his physical man has been destroyed his his innermost man is still there clear creative communicating with the lord following the lord's leading so this is again if if we work on our spiritual being this enables us to overcome the many physical challenges that we have in life i mean could you imagine being a Christian in Afghanistan right now? I mean, what would your hope be? I mean, I'm just reading articles even this morning talking about how the Taliban is going from house to house searching for Christians, and they say they're going to destroy every Christian that lives in Afghanistan. No place to run, no place to hide. Um, I saw a video, you maybe did too, the mayor of Kabul was a, uh, a uh, lady and she was sitting in her apartment, and she videotaped a message and just said, you know, I'm just sitting here waiting for the Taliban to come find me and kill me. Now, if you don't have Christ within you, I mean, that's a difficult thing to do with Christ in you, you know. But I really do believe as persecution comes, and if we build up our inner being, our inner man, 
It will, even in the face of death, even in the face of death, we can stand strong. And we can worship the Lord anyway because at the end of it, if you take our, our bodies away, you take our physical being away, we're still in Christ's hands. They can't touch our spirits. In 1 Corinthians four sixteen through 18, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our affliction is light, which is but for the moment, is working for us in a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The physical beings that we live in, that we see each and every day, we know it's temporary, right? But the spirit within us is eternal. And so are the spiritual things of God are eternal. This is why we must be born again. This is why it is a blessing to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and have the gift of prophecy, have tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing. All of these things are done through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. Even when the gifts come, how many times have we heard the outside world say, well, you can't do that. Well, the answer is, you're absolutely right. I can't do that, but the God that lives within me can. The God that dwells in my innermost being can. I'm just the mouthpiece. God works through my spirit, reveals to my mind, reveals to my mouth, the things that we are commanded to speak. So it is not us. It's God within us, working with our spirits. When we physically die, we are present with the Lord. So 2 Corinthians 5, 6 and 8. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For if we walk by faith, not by sight, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Are we a physical being primarily? Or are we primarily a spiritual being? Physical body can't inherit the kingdom of God. We're a spiritual being living in a body waiting to be set free to be with the Lord. And when I say that, again, I'm not anxious to be there, Lord. I'm loving life here. Keep on working through us. Keep on helping us bring the message to set the captives free. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Physical physical, physical. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Man knows the thing that's within him. But the Spirit of God knows all things. 
2 Corinthians 5, 6. Well, we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. When we're home in the body, we're... And this means, in my mind, you know, when, the, when we're here in this body, this is where we dwell. But someday we'll actually be dwelling in the presence of the Lord. We'll see the Lord. We'll know the Lord. We'll, we'll, be, we'll know fully as we're fully known, if you will. Today, He dwells within us, but we still don't see Him, right? We have a relationship with Him. But we will be dwelling in his presence in the heavenlies. Finally, in John 4.15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. We have this relationship with God the Father, the unseen God, Jesus, who was manifested in a physical body, and the Holy Spirit, that triune God, that's omnipresent, we're created within his image, we are not a God, but we are adopted by God, we're children of the Most High God, which again, just blows my mind, that how is it that he looks so what is it about what he looked on mankind that he allowed this to happen? Well, obviously, I think we were created to worship him and, and praise him. God wants the very best for his children. I'm convinced of that. And even though we suffer in our physical bodies here, we can release our spirit and we can bring joy and peace and patience and long-suffering and goodness and kindness and all the fruit of the spirit that will give us that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So I really, my message today, and I really wanted to get you to think about is, you know, who are we primarily? Because I think every day we get up, I know I, I do this a lot. I'm really dictated how I'm going to get up and walk my walk in a physical being. And when you do that, you don't think about the spiritual side of things. You know, this is what this is where you'll slip off into sin. You'll slip off into these other things, and uh, you know, just know that God knows. I mean, He's omnipresent. He's abiding within you. That gives you a different perspective, doesn't it? God gives us the power to live our lives here on earth, to worship Him, to praise Him, to have joy in that peace of God. There surpasses all understanding no matter what we're facing and and that's really my prayer for you father we do thank you lord for this time that we could be together this morning and lord i just pray that your word uh, is manifest in our heart your spirit's manifested in our heart that we truly get an understanding of of uh, who it is that you created us to be and that how you empowered us to live our Christian life and uh, give us that clear understanding of what it means to be born again and led by the Spirit of God.